This podcast is brought to you by Modest Coffee, single origin coffee without the snobbery. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what coffees they're roasting today. Cheers! And welcome to No Bad Reviews, colon, a coffee podcast, a podcast where three friends and coworkers try coffee, any coffee, and we will give no bad reviews. I am Jenny, and I manage all of the operations at a coffee company. It happens to be called Maddox Coffee, but that's not a big deal. Marcus Contaldo. <laughs> my last name and i do coffee at the same place and i'm an award-winning coffee roaster and my palate counts i'm stephanie i have been the employee of the month at modest coffee for 33 months running one more picture up on the wall that's right one more picture of myself for my break room Jenny, you've got something exciting to tell us about new subscribers, right? Yes. Our sponsor, Modest Coffee, has generously decided to be a part of a giveaway. And so, woo! So what we have decided to do, because we're a new podcast, is anybody who subscribes to our podcast will be entered into a a drawing to win a bag of coffee. Every week, we're going to pull a name. But, yeah. But you have to let us know. That you subscribed. Like, we can't just go, like, ask who are the subscribers. And how do they do that, Jenny? Yeah. So what we are asking you to do is subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen to podcasts and send us a screenshot of check subscribed. (laughs) And you could tag us on social media at no bad reviews pod. Or if you live more of a private life, you can slide into our DMs (laughs) with that screenshot. That's what the kids are saying these days. (laughs) <laughs> or you can send us a an email at hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. And we've got a grading scale, right? We do have a grading Tell scale. Us uh, we typically will try the coffee black. And if we need to, we'll doctor it up with some cream and sugar. And if we need to go beyond that, we'll doctor it up with some whiskey and whipped cream. Until we find the perfect point where we can give the coffee a good review or, I, or at least not a bad not review. a bad review. we That's are a true. no bad review podcast i don't want to set the bar too high thank um, you <laughs> <laughs> today we have copper cow coffee um kind of a special add-in because the coffee we're drinking today comes with sweetened condensed milk so well, that is going to be our starting point well i have to confess that i have to make a correction to what i told you i think i must have seen it with a different coffee company that includes a ketchup packet of sweetened condensed milk and i thought it was this company and especially because they say they're vietnamese coffee i naturally assumed that they were gonna go all the way with vietnamese coffee they this is the company that sells the packets oh they do sell packets they do and you can get the coffee with or without the packets of sweetened condensed milk did i fuck this up so i think maybe whoever ordered the coffee that would have been me without okay let me look now there it is i thought you meant you could either buy it as it is or buy it as like a combo pack i think there is a i don't 
I think there is. Okay, a Steph's going to call me out. Yes, there is a combo pack as well. <laughs> well, thank goodness I have sweetened condensed milk. Thank goodness. So I've seen this company advertised to me quite a bit online. So at first I was like, is this true Vietnamese coffee, which we can talk about a little bit later. And then I had this realization. I was like, oh, well, they can say that if the coffee comes from Vietnam. Like I was thinking for coffee, Vietnamese coffee from a cultural standpoint, but it could actually just literally be Vietnamese coffee. So then my second question to myself was, is this Robusta, which is the most popular coffee in Vietnam? And I know that you did a lot of research into the company and the coffee. So I'm really curious if you have the answers to the questions I am seeking. I'm really excited to give you the answers. I feel pretty good about this company. Oh, cool. It's a weird position for me to be taking, generally speaking. It's probably refreshing after the last episode. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just know it's lavender coffee, and I'm super excited about it because Lady Grey tea is made with lavender. So I know like the flavors of bergamot and lavender are really good. Um, and so I'm really hopeful that, that the first flavored coffee that I'm excited about uh, hits. I am the opposite. I'm not excited about drinking lavender in my coffee. When I was at Trader Joe's the other day, I saw some lavender soap and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy this so I can get in the mindset for this podcast on Sunday. And as I was washing with it the other day, I'm like, this smells great in the shower and as a soap, <laughs> but I don't know that I want to be drinking this scent. Yeah, I don't, I don't love the kind of flowery flavors all the time. Mm -hmm. And lavender is not even scent wise my favorite, honestly. That's fair. Yeah. It, I don't dislike it necessarily. It's a very unique, nothing like it. Right. Yeah. When I was pregnant and having a really hard time sleeping, mm. I used lavender spray every night and it put me right to sleep. Awesome. It did give Ooh. me some strange dreams. <laughs> but that could have been a pregnancy. <laughs> I did find it really effective as a sleep aid. Mm, so we got a little uppers and downers with this coffee, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we, before I talk about the company, can we really describe the product? Because the product is unusual. It's a box, and you <laughs> open the packet, and it's like a paper pour-over cone, basically, with the coffee inside it. So it looks like a bat. It does, <laughs> it does look, like, look a like a bat. And you put its little wings over the edge of your mug, and then you can just tear off the top and pour your water in. And if you order the right one, we'll also have a little ketchup packet full of sweetened condensed milk inside as well. The owner says that this coffee is okay. not your first morning coffee. She says, this is oh. a coffee break coffee. Oh. You should really enjoy it. Okay. That's I what this podcast is all about, is enjoying the coffee. I would like to say that I enjoy every cup of coffee I have. And in fact, I would say I enjoy my morning cup of coffee more than any other cup of coffee the entire day. Really? Yes, absolutely. I think that first cup of coffee is so necessary that... The taste or, like, taking a moment to really appreciate it gets a little lost in the, like, get this in me so that I can that's function. That's a good point. Kind mm -hmm. of. That's a good point. Like, nobody tells Marcus how to drink his coffee or when he's going to appreciate it. You don't know me. I'll drink my coffee <laughs> when I want. Yeah. No. I think the reason she expresses it that way is because the price point is much higher than if you were just buying a bag of beans. It's It works out to something like $3 a cup, I believe. Hmm. And also a packet of sweetened condensed milk. I don't know how many cups of coffee you drink in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's fine if you're not eating anything, but those packets of sweetened condensed milk are going to add up 
basically. Mm, I don't know about fat content, but sugar content for sure. Um, You just don't want to be drinking four of those every day. So it's like a little bougie treat. Yeah. So and she's kind of owning that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. She's saying like this is maybe not you know maybe not what you need first thing in the morning, but it's what you can enjoy when you have a minute to. To treat yourself. Yes. A little self-care in a cup. Not that she's telling you how to drink your coffee. I feel a little protective of this woman and this company because I just like her so much after learning about her. Yeah. Maybe I should give her a chance. That's right. No bad reviews. Um, I mean, I am naturally suspicious of um, any sort of gimmick in the Mm -hmm. coffee industry. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like you're protective of this woman, but I am protective of the coffee industry itself. Okay, wow. Coffee. (laughs) I mean, that sounds a little pretentious. I I guess I don't want to myself sound like an asshole, but but I think this is also cool. There's room for everybody except for flavored coffee. And now I'm even becoming like, now I'm just welcoming of that too. This podcast will change you. I know, I know. It's here to change your soul. When we're talking about flavored coffee, there's a difference between artificial bacon flavor Mm -hmm. and real lavender flowers like these are two completely Thank different yeah. yeah that's types true of yeah flavored coffee. and that's where i'm like really excited because this is i, I feel like there's more room in my heart for real flavor mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure so i do really appreciate the fact that this company uses real herbs mm-hmm. in their coffee i think that's really cool and i just opened up the packet and you can see little lavenders in there and it smells like lavender it smells like straight up like, I'm about to fall asleep lavender, but my body doesn't actually know what to do because I'm also smelling coffee. It smells very strongly of lavender. Very strongly. Did you see how much lavender it has? Like, one and a half grams or something oh. of lavender? Take your self-care routine to the next level. 10.5 grams of fresh coffee and 1.5 grams of real lavender. That's a lot of lavender. Um, especially because that ends up being, like, 15% lavender. Yeah. One thing I'm noticing, though, if it's only 10.5 grams of coffee... um. If you're doing this like a proper brew ratio of 16 to 1, that only gives you six ounces of coffee. Well, she says that if you really want to make it like a strong Vietnamese-style coffee, you should really only pour four ounces of water in with your sweetened condensed milk. Okay. Um, But you can pour up to eight ounces of water for a more American-style large cup. So Mm. she is recommending less. Is this Robusta? This is 70% Robusta and 30% Arabica and 100% grown in Vietnam. That's cool. I'm loving it. That means it's going to be super caffeinated. As long as we're talking about the coffee for a minute, can we talk about the difference between Arabica and Robusta? Vietnam is known for Robusta coffee. It is the second largest producer of coffee in the entire world behind Brazil. Shocked me to learn that. Shocked. And I remember calling Marcus. I was like, why are we buying Vietnamese coffee? And Marcus was like, well, that's because it's like all Robusta. Yeah, I thought this was common knowledge. It's not. Do you want to talk about Robusta versus Arabica, Marcus? Yeah. So Robusta grows like a weed. Really, it grows at lower elevations, really, really easy to harvest, really, really easy to grow. Does it have to grow in shade like Arabica? That I, I'm not certain of. Um, okay. You but don't I'm have to know with, everything. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right. Marcus just stared off into space like he was trying to recall something from the, from the nothing, deepest regions of like his nothing. brain. There and there was nothing, nothing there. <laughs> just trying to call something. Right. The, the, the file was not found. <laughs> Anyways, um, so don't know the answer to that one. <laughs> but what I do... <laughs> 
<laughs> what I do know is that Robusta uh, does have more caffeine. It's like roughly twice the caffeine content. And the reason that is is because it's a pest repellent. So little mm. bugs that eat it will like die. Caffeine is actually a response to um, to uh, pests. And so it kills most of the bugs that eat it. And so Robusta is a very, very hardy plant. It's and, robust. Yeah. Interesting. Ah, yeah. It's robust. Ah. Do, do you know if any other countries grow Robusta, or is it pretty much all Vietnam? Brazil grows Robusta as oh, well. do they? Okay. Yeah, but Viet- Vietnam is really the, the main supplier of Robusta. Like, they're coffee. the ones who mastered it. Yeah. They mastered Robusta. Yep. Yeah. They've got a good climate for it and good elevation, and and yeah, they kind of cornered the market on Robusta. Yeah, I mean... Robusta. It, so you have some info. I have... A great Con- story. Convince us why we should love this lady. She's wonderful. Okay. Her name is Debbie Way Mullen, okay. the founder of Copper Cow Coffee. She's incredibly smart. If you want to get a glimpse of her, you can watch a three-minute clip of her presenting on Shark Tank. Oh. It took her episode a year to air, wow. and she didn't have the time to wait for that. They won't give you the funding until they know for sure you're going to air. Wow. So she she got sick of waiting. She is not a person to wait around. That's what I've learned about Debbie Way Mullen. All right. Awesome. So Debbie was born in the Bay Area. Her mom is Vietnamese. Her mom and grandmother and other family members came over as refugees. Uh, Her dad is American and a coffee addict. Um, She grew up in the Bay Area, and she says she grew up in a very Vietnamese household, in spite of her dad being American. All of the food was Vietnamese. The coffee was Vietnamese. The culture was Vietnamese. She said she felt really bad for the American kids who just didn't have any idea what good food was. Oh. (laughs) She really felt connected to the food especially. Good banh mi and some pho. Um, She fantasized as a kid about opening a Vietnamese restaurant. She felt like if Americans could just taste Vietnamese food, she felt like she was sitting on a gold mine. She's Um, right. Well, she had a couple aunts and uncles who did open restaurants, and they were not gold mines. She saw what a huge struggle it was to run a restaurant and keep it profitable. It's so hard, especially if you're an immigrant. You know, it's it's going to be really hard if you don't have a lot of startup funds to make something that's really kind of splashy and that's going to get, I don't know, the food critics coming in and giving you press. (laughs) So she gave up that dream. And instead... She went to Berkeley and MIT. I just recently found out that that's a big deal. That's a good school. And then she got a job at the World Bank. Oh. Okay, so I'm going to recommend this podcast at some point later. So I'll just go ahead and tell you the name of it now. It is called Startup to Storefront. And they did a 50-minute interview with Debbie Waymullen that was excellent. The guy interviewing her mentioned that he had a friend who had also worked for the World Bank. And they had this little conversation. Wow. I mean, they didn't use the F word on their podcast. Mm. They're a classier podcast than we are. They're, just, they're probably just trying to avoid the explicit rating. <laughs> you know what? Fuck that. We yeah. wanted the explicit rating. Yeah. Right. Let's assume yeah. way more interesting. Like, we we need li- to say a minimum of three fucks per episode <laughs> in order to keep our explicit rating. Yeah. You know what? That's like our, our dog whistle to our people. <laughs> <laughs> the little E. Um, She took the job at the World Bank partly because she had visited Vietnam as a teenager and saw the poverty there and heard her mom talking about the difficult time she had had growing up there. And she felt like this was a way that she could help. Um, She got a job with the World Bank thinking that she could make a difference. And what she found... That's so sweet. It was. um, She 
found that there was just a ton of bureaucracy mm-hmm. and things moved very, very slowly there. And that was not the pace she wanted to move. And she also said there was a lot of ageism. Mm-hmm. People were like, you're in your 20s. Sit what quietly do you know? and listen. Right. She was like, I went to fucking MIT, bitch. Yeah, that only works in the Bay Area. In D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But most people are like me and are like, you went to college. So what? <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> Back on topic. Um, so she came up with the coffee idea. The Vietnamese coffee was such a huge part of her life growing up and she just loved the flavor and thought that would be very approachable for Americans like a strong maybe slightly bitter coffee with this like sweetened condensed milk in it seemed right jamming so her original plan was to put it all in one bottle and do a cold brew so she goes down this path she She realizes that it's not working for her it's a big mess so the current product as it exists was actually her backup plan she saw this i guess these little pour overs are incredibly popular in japan and have Mm. been for years oh yeah so she was traveling and saw this somewhere and was like oh this could be the answer with the ketchup packets of condensed milk keeping them separate will be the backup. These things from Japan that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. fucking adorable. Oh. We, um, I, what's the, do you remember the company name that makes the the little pour-overs, the disposable pour-overs? Little bat company? <laughs> I have to look this up really quickly. So there is this brand called Kalita, the Kalita Wave. This, Makers of the Kalita Wave. But they also make these can-tan, single-cup pour-over things, and it comes, of course, Thank you, Japan, for producing everything in the world that's adorable. Oh, so cute. Um, they're just so fucking cute. The little cantans. Love them. Yeah, they're asking Anyways. me to brew a standard cup for sure. We're Americans, and we want 16 ounces of coffee. Yes. Give me a yeah. giant cantan. <laughs> right. And that's like and that's like a medium. <laughs> and it right. fits over like a bowl. Right. Instead of a mug. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so, Debbie. Oh, she went to... Um, She traveled back to Vietnam to try to source coffee. She wanted to really make sure she had good coffee. Under communism, all the coffee in Vietnam was shit because there was one market price. And nobody, if if I'm going to get the same price for my coffee, whether I pick it ripe or not. Oh, good point. So she said it was... Um, at first, a little bit hard to source mm-hmm. really good coffee. She talked to everyone she knew in Vietnam and was just like, do you know anyone in the coffee business? And she just like literally introduced herself to 50 different coffee farmers trying to find somebody to work with. And she did. She found a co-op of Vietnamese farmers who were willing to test the sugar level before they pick the berries and really take it seriously. So she pays twice the market rate for coffee in Vietnam to make sure that she gets the best. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, pretty typical of the specialty coffee industry. Yeah, and the Robusta market is a little bit lower than the C market anyways, because it's an easier product to grow that the costs are a little bit lower because Mm -hmm. of that. And so it's nice. I'm excited to try that, knowing that she went through some work to find some quote-unquote good Robusta. I am a skeptic still, but I'm. those are some lofty claims Mm -hmm. to say that, hey, I found... Like some high the quality, best. the Ooh. best, the best. Anytime that there's like the best, like those, those hyperbolic claims, like then I'm like, I get perked up. 
Well, it sounds like what she's doing is working with the farmers, talking to them about growing practices, how to grow better coffee, how to harvest better coffee, and and then she's paying them more because they're going through that extra effort. So it sounds like she has one of those farmer programs. Like a direct trade relationship. Yeah, she does. And like an education Mm -hmm. program and a farmer support program. And do you guys want to make more money for your community? This is how you do it. Yeah. So that's, you know, I think that this is probably not very common in Vietnam, um, and especially not with Robusta coffee, but it is not were... a not, it's not 100% novel in the coffee industry, I would say. But it's good practices, and I'm excited to try it. Great. Yeah. Yeah, she said the farmers were pretty skeptical of her at first, too, because they had, had other Americans come in and make promises that they were not oh, yeah, able bet. to keep. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also said that when she went back to Vietnam, she was seeing a middle class. She... The country had been so poor the first time she visited at age 16 or whatever. And then when she went back, when she was trying to source this coffee, there were cars on the road and there was a middle class and there was a coffee culture Mm. suddenly appearing before her Mm -hmm. very eyes. And so then the farmers were maybe getting a little more accustomed to people asking for a better product. So Mm, that makes sense. I don't know, you guys. I think we're going to be seeing more Vietnamese coffee. I think maybe this woman will single-handedly change our opinion of Vietnamese coffee. That's I'm what I think. I'm hoping so. Uh, so Debbie Way Mullen was uh, – she was to appear at the Fancy Food Show. Have you heard of the Fancy Food Show? No. Yeah. Uh, she was going to take her cold brew there. That was her plan. And then the cold brew – failed and so she had to go with this backup these uh pour overs and these little packets and she ended up winning an innovation award at the fancy food awards that's awesome and that was a turning point for the company she did a bunch of fundraising she had a friend who was a venture capitalist and was trying to convince him to invest in the company and he gave her lots of good advice but he said this is a really niche product. Only Vietnamese people are going to buy this. I can't invest. I don't know. I would say as a woman in business, I am like really sensitive mm-hmm. to a man telling me that I can't do something. Look, if it were not for venture capitalists, we would not have Copper Cow Coffee. We don't know because we Steph hasn't told us that the venture capitalists gave her any money. I just want to know who's looking out for the venture capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marcus, for taking a stand for the venture capitalist. So she gets an award at the fancy food show. (laughs) She also raises a bunch of money from friends and family. This is how you pull yourself up by your bootstraps in America. You raise $900,000 from friends and family. What the the fuck? fuck? Friends and family. What the fuck? All She's right. from the Bay Area, you guys. Yeah. What the fuck? That's like not even a down I... payment for a house in the That's Bay Area. That's right. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would just like to point out, I don't think I even know, I don't even think I have enough friends and family that collectively have $900,000 in their bank accounts, <laughs> much less willing to give it to me. She went to Berkeley and MIT. I'm sure she's, you know, You know that's what? She not... doesn't have any friends making minimum wage. Right. None. Right. That's true. Yeah. And they're just willing to give her fucking thousands of dollars. I don't have a friend who would give me $1,000. I don't have one friend, I think, that would give me $1,000. <laughs> Not because we don't believe in you, though. Yeah, exactly. Just because we don't have $1,000. Yeah, I think it just, that says more about you than it does about her. Okay. Maybe she gets some better friends. Oh, man. Oh, so she's trying to grow her company on this measly $900,000. 
<laughs> and listen to what happens to her next. We started our company on $9,000 of credit card on debt. Credit card. Right. <laughs> and look where you are now. Look at us right. now. now. You also did not have the good luck that she is about to have in our story. Okay, am I about to be jealous? Uh, it's kind of shocking. It's kind of mm. shocking that this type of thing happens. So tell us about, about Debbie's... Good fortune. Yeah, so she was pounding the pavement, trying to market herself, trying to sell this coffee, trying to raise money, and she gets a phone call from Walmart. Oh. Just out of the blue, Walmart calls her and says, our Asian line is trending really well, Mm. and we would like to expand. In the United States. In California and the Rocky Mountain area, they wanted her product in 300 stores. Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good for her. So then she called her venture capitalist friend back and was, was like, like, fuck you, man. You can't call it a niche market when I'm in Walmart. Right. And did she say, I don't want your fucking money anymore? No. no. She then accepted $2 million of his money. <laughs> her coffee is being sold nationwide in every Whole Foods. She's one of six coffee brands that is sold in every Whole Foods nationwide and also in Walmart nationwide. And a few other grocery stores. That's and it so costs nice for plus. her. So it's really taken off. That's so great. <laughs> Look, she's a nice person. And I'm, I'm like, you I know just, what? I don't, her good fortune does not take away from, I just. It sounds like you're trying to convince yourself of something right now. I just am trying to swallow the Robusta and think <laughs> it's Arabica. I, I would like to say that she. Had a dream, mm-hmm. and she also had opportunities, mm-hmm. and she fucking worked she what did. she had she and did. made it yeah. happen. I love that. And so for somebody to say, this is what I want to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, and she fucking figured it out, I mean, that's super commendable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think she's pretty amazing. And I think if you listen to an interview with her, you would really like her. I mean, yeah. she's just really young and excited and innovative. And I think she's great. She is. Uh, she just raised she just raised another eight point five million recently from investors to keep moving forward with the company. You know, I just wanted just to point out, though, to make myself feel a little bit better. If a venture capitalist came to me with money, mm-hmm. I'd probably tell him. Mm, thanks but no thanks so i think it's great that like she this is like her idea is to like let's scale as gigantic as possible and this is how we're gonna do it Mm -hmm. you know and the only way you're gonna do that is if you want to do that quickly is through getting gobs of millions of dollars to scale up and to scale into distribution and i think some people really love that that kind of world is exciting for them steph is about to explain to us why capitalism is great Oh, and I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I am not about to do that. What I was going Please, to say I is, can't wait to hear you defend the venture capitalists on record. Oh God. Weirdest episode. Okay, I suppose, I'm here for it. in defense of the venture capitalists, if you have $8 million, isn't it better to invest it in a little startup woman-owned company helping farmers in Vietnam than to invest in, say, the pharmaceutical industry. Because you could put that money just into the stock market. I mean, that's a point. Or Halliburton. Right. A new gun company. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. that's true. That's a good point. That's they did a good point. invest in Debbie? 
Debbie Way Mullen. Yep, they yep, did yep. end up investing quite heavily in Debbie Way Mullen. But yep. she is trying to guide the company in the right direction. She doesn't want artificial flavors. She doesn't want preservatives. She does, she wants compostable packaging. Like these are all good things Parts that she's right working place. towards. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think we're we're aligned in our values for yeah. sure. To me, it feels like. Um, you know, maybe this isn't traditional, traditional Vietnamese coffee culture in the cultural sense. Um, but what I think is really cool about it is it's like a, a new twist on Vietnamese coffee. And it's like a new innovation on traditional Vietnamese coffee. So to give a little bit of background, something I'd really love to do a, a longer episode on, coffee wasn't even a thing in Vietnam until the 1800s when France colonized Vietnam brought in coffee. And then um, it wasn't until the 1900s, like early 1900s, that they started growing Robusta coffee. And that's when it really started kind of taking off. And then, you know, we know Vietnam had a lot of troubles throughout the 20th century and turmoil and wars and communism and this, that, and the other. So 1986, uh, the the Doi Moi reforms. It's like when the whole communism thing ended and they went into reforming their government and their economic policies. Um, and that's when they really started taking off with coffee production. And that's when they really started ramping it up as, you know, a way to, as, a, as an export from the com- country. And so um, that's kind of... How Vietnam, it's, I mean, they became the coffee powerhouse that they are as a country in really recent history, you know, just the last 30 years, in fact. Interesting. Yeah. So I was really, really surprised by that. And then... Um, and to be in second place already. Yeah, to be second place. 30 years. I mean, they really second. ramped it up. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Shall we brew some coffee? Yes, please. Modest Coffee roasts the highest quality single origin coffees without the snobbery. They take the guesswork out of buying specialty coffee by carefully curating green coffees and sorting them to one of their tiers, based on cupping score, price, flavor notes, and roast level. Go to www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Pip pip cheerio! Right now I am brewing... This uh, this little bat wing pour over here filled with lavender coffee. Into a beautiful bat cup. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I do. I have this beautiful Amaro coffee cup mug that our friends over at the Yeti. It's got a cute little bat on Yeti it. Yeti t-shirts. Go Google them. Yeti.com and give them some money. This is a free plug. ad for the Yeti, the Yeti because we love the Yeti. And they make this cute, adorable cat bat coffee mug. That I managed to get. It from doesn't them. look like it. I mean, it looks like it's brewing slow enough. Oh, it smells like lavender. More than coffee, in fact. It also says that what you can do is fill up this little um, carafe a certain number of times. So if you want to do it Vietnamese style, fill the filter two to three times, six to eight times for American. Oh. But that's oh. gonna okay. give you eight to ten ounces, I guess. What I love about this this like bat disposable pour over thing is. Um, like when you take it out, it's like taking out a little purse. Did, Steph, did you weigh your coffee? I weighed my coffee and I did just over four ounces. And this is the tiniest amount of coffee I've yeah. ever had in a cup before. And it's making me a little bit sad. Well, let's also consider the fact that it's Robusta and has twice as much coffee or caffeine. So, you know, that small amount is actually double. Which is still only like half a mug. <laughs> <laughs> so you like a visual 
like impression that you're getting a fuck ton of coffee. I guess it just looks it just looks like I didn't finish is how it looks. Mm. This tiny little bit in this big mug. It's the overwhelming smell of lavender mm-hmm. is making me slightly nervous that it's going to taste real soapy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lavender is definitely the dominant aroma. I learned that in the last episode. How did you brew yours, Marcus? It looked like you were just eyeballing. I just eyeballed it, but I counted, and I think I did the Vietnamese style. It said three to four. It said three to four, so I did three to four. Three to four? All right. Um, have you tried it black yet, anybody? I'm like, I'm really nervous. I do like the smell of lavender. I'm just afraid to try it. Uh, I just tried it black, and it it is much smoother mm. than I expected it to be, honestly. It's bitter at the end, for sure. I feel like I am taking a lovely bath. <laughs> and taking a lovely bath is one of my favorite things. <laughs> and drinking the bath water. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, the intensity of the lavender smell isn't as intense as the taste, I guess. Yeah, I would say that um, I, w- I would agree with that. It smells stronger than the taste. It's not an unpleasant taste. No, you the definitely... The lavender's not unpleasant. You definitely get a lot of lavender in the flavor as well, but it's it's really nice. I I'm like surprised it. at how smooth it is. It is smooth. Yeah, for for Robusta. For what you've heard about Robusta, have you yeah. ever actually tried Robusta? Yeah. Oh, you have? Cafe Bustello, baby. Is that ah. Robusta? I'm... Now okay. I'm not certain of it. I think it is. I mean, that comes from another country, but not Vietnam. Um, Can somebody fact check us and send an email to <laughs> hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com and let us know. Yeah, I, I like this. I could do black. I was looking forward to doing it with sweetened condensed milk, yeah, you know, but yeah. like for real, I could drink this black. This yeah. is really tasty. I'm going to accidentally drink it all black because there's so little of it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm digging it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the lavender is, like, slightly weird, but very good. Maybe the lavender is what softens it. So, you know, when I was doing research, I was like, why would anybody want to put lavender in their coffee? I tried to find the first instance of lavender going into coffee. I'm not, I can't guarantee you that this is the first time, but the only story that I could find is from the mid-90s in Moscow, Russia. Whoa, which Moscow. Which is not usually where coffee innovation happens. Right. Is that still right. Soviet Union? I thought it was just Union? innovation in vodka. I think... Yeah. <laughs> Lavender vodka. <laughs> it was 96 or 97. I, d- I don't think it was still the okay. Soviet Union at that point. Um, there was a guy named Raphael... Timurbev. I might not be saying that correctly. There's Raf- a high likelihood of, if it's Russian, you're saying it wrong. I'm probably not <laughs> saying it right. But we're going to go with it. It sounds great. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pull deep, deep down from the Russian that is within me somewhere <laughs> a few generations ago. Uh, Raphael walked into his favorite coffee shop in Russia and said he was sick of what he was normally drinking and he wanted the the barista to come up with something. So the barista invented a coffee drink called the Raf, named after Raphael. Oh. And it like <laughs> spread across Russia. What? It was just like espresso and warm cream and vanilla sugar and a sprinkle of cinnamon. And in Kiev, all the coffee shops put lavender in the Raf. It was all lavender wow. Rafs. There was something special about it. And it held the name. And spread around Russia. Everybody called it the Raf, and it was this like warm cream and espresso drink. That was the first time I could find where people were putting lavender in their coffee. Wow. 
So I was thinking that question, and so that's what I asked Google. The lavender, the calming properties of the lavender are supposed to counteract the jittery properties ah. of the coffee so that you're supposed to be able to get the caffeine kick without any jitters and without any um, like nervousness or anxiousness. So uppers and downers in this case works because I learned in dare class in middle school that you're not supposed to mix those two. However, <laughs> that's the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> I learned in college. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, now we get it all in one cup. And goddamn, I'm really surprised at how good this is. Just black. I, like, didn't want to like it as much as I do. And, uh, yeah, fuck, man. Nailed it. <laughs> You're yeah, smiling. Job. You don't even need whiskey. I know. I'm like, now I'm just going to try it with the sweetened condensed milk for fun. Enjoy it. Have your coffee break. You know, I'm going to do it. Thanks, Deb. You were right. <laughs> yeah, she is right. Just need a little afternoon coffee break. Yeah. It's good with the sweetened condensed milk. I think I preferred it black, but hmm. that is how I generally really prefer my coffee. So yeah. Um, no surprises, I guess. It. I mean... I'm surprised by how much I love it, though. Yeah, yeah I really, really very like smooth, it. Very smooth, mm-hmm. very well-rounded. The floral notes on it are great, and, and the roast on it's really good. It's not too dark. No, it's not. It's a little bitter at the end. It's not terribly dark. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I do not. When I put the sweetened condensed milk in, it brought out that floral flavor mm. way too much. Mm. Try that. Now yeah. I feel like I am chewing on... A sprig of lavender flowers. <laughs> oh, you're right, Jenny. It does bring out like the herbal mm-hmm. lavender when you add the sweetened condensed milk to it. And it does become more of like, almost like a tea. I mean, I do really like sweetened condensed milk. <laughs> I mean, I love sweetened condensed milk. Key lime pie all day. Mm. But I don't think I like it in this coffee. Which I liked it better, I think, black. I plan to buy more of this. I would really like to try some of the other flavors. I think that a pumpkin spice or a salted caramel would be Mm, better mm -hmm. with the sweetened condensed milk than the lavender Mm -hmm. is. And all of those flavors are no artificial flavors. Oh, and this coffee (laughs) would actually, I would say, if the jittery part is true, this is a coffee that was made for me. I was going to say, you're the one who has the most problems with mm-hmm. caffeine. It's unfortunate that you're not enjoying the I mean, coffee more. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like an acquired taste, though, mm. because I've never tasted lavender before, and I have all of these associations of lavender with these other applications. It just will take my tongue a little bit of time to catch up to my brain. <laughs> but I'm like feeling the caffeine and like, what am I going to do? I got a lot of talking to do, and I'm going to do it really fast. Maybe the lavender takes a minute to kick in. (laughs) Maybe the caffeine hits you first. (laughs) Maybe the caffeine hits you first. You can go get a bunch of shit done. And then the lavender sets in later when it's time to chill the fuck out. Mm. Like this is like the perfect house cleaning coffee. Oh. Maybe. Who is this coffee for then? This coffee is definitely then again for me because I always have to clean my house. (laughs) (laughs) This coffee is so for me that I'm going to go home and order some of the salted caramel to try it. I really like this. And I like that I can have a few of these packets in the cabinet and grab one when I'm on the run and not give that $3 to Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know. Yeah. And I wish I had something more clever to say, but I think this coffee is for me too. It's It's really really tasty. I like it. Yeah. Yay. Like a genuine good review. (laughs) I know. Kind of disappointed. Well, But not. I mean, it's good. She did a good job. Good job, Debbie. Yeah, good job, Debbie. So... This will be our last podcast ever. Yeah. (laughs) I went into it with really 
like really suspicious expectations because lavender and coffee was not i did not i was like no that's just not gonna be good i did not think it would be good so i guess that wraps up our episode this was a great episode yeah really enjoyed it really yummy coffee yeah it was really interesting i was definitely surprised for sure so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed this coffee surprisingly Yeah. yeah and then if you're at the store and you see a crazy coffee that you think would be fun to hear about, take a picture, tag us on social media at No Bad Reviews Pod. You can also follow us on social media to see what we're talking about. Or if you want to just send us an email, you heard something in the podcast you thought was interesting, do it. Send us an email, hello at nobadreviewspodcast.com. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Oh, tell your friends. Word of mouth. We need it right now. That's oh, how, yeah. That's how we get people listening to us. Please, it's so, so important to tell your friends, because if you tell your friends, two friends, and then they tell two friends, by the end of the month, we'll have like 4 million subscribers, which is what we're going for. <laughs> we're going for 4 million. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast, generously sponsored by Modest Coffee, purveyors of single-origin coffee without the snobbery. Visit www.modest.coffee forward slash no bad reviews to see what they're roasting today. Enjoy.